Alright, week 5.5, shooting the shield, John Reed, Corey Gunkel, as we put the bow on week 5 and look ahead to week 6, but I have one question for you, Corey, how about them Titans? Whoo! That was a, that was a beatdown, son. That was a beatdown, that was very impressive, especially when you're missing eight regulars and you don't practice, and I think my favorite part of that too was... Turn it, you know, everyone gets the plague and then you turn it into bulletin board material. That's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. You take two weeks off. You don't even have to hit each other in practice. And then you go out and you dominate the media darlings and the team that had been crowned by most of the national media after a couple of games. Uh, It doesn't get much sweeter than that, I would think. It is us against the world for the rest of the season. Over adversity that we kind of created. Yeah, I mean it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. You you get the bubonic plague and then you turn it into a challenge of adversity and, and questioning everyone else's handling of it in response to you getting the plague. So I love the play. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Make the hype video and then go out there and stomp the Bills uh, with AJ Brown and a bunch of uh, people I've never heard of until last night. I mean, that's that's impressive. They looked really good. Don't forget Super Bowl hero Malcolm Butler. Oh, hey, Vicksburg's finest, baby. He's a Mississippian like me. Uh, Malcolm and I go back. I was I was at the Super Bowl parade they threw for him in Vicksburg after he made the pick. Well, you better get ready for you better get ready for another one in a couple months. Oh, I can't wait. I'll be in New Orleans for it. I'm pumped. Um, but. Yeah, big, big, big win for the Titans. They are officially in my top five. Wow. A little bit late to the party, but better late than never, I guess. First time ever, I think. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, they looked very, very good. You get the timely picks. uh, You get the... You get the, I mean, you, you definitely miss Jeffrey Simmons, obviously, but the offense looked really good. And, I mean, you can't, like I said a little Tuesday night primetime action after all that, and you just go out and you just shut everyone up, it's a nice win. Tuesday night Titans. I don't want to be that guy, but uh, it's a very important that we don't mess that up by losing to the Texans this weekend. But before, well, enough about the Titans. Uh, your, your Saints on primetime. Look at us, our two teams, Monday and Tuesday, getting to be in front of the entire, uh, in front of the entire country. I thought the Saints were cooked. In the first half, but never underestimate Anthony Lynn and the Chargers' affinity for blowing games. Whew. The Chargers are the Falcons wearing a Supreme hoodie and eating a kale salad. They blow games at the same rate, and uh, they're as big of abject losers. Um, so, yeah, that was... That was awful for the Chargers, great for the Saints. I mean, they looked absolutely washed in the first half, but then, you know, you get the nice two-minute drive by Drew Brees, and then he picks it up in the second half. They realize, oh, we have uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara. Oh, and Jared Cook, too. Just just give them the ball. Just give them the ball. And they did that. Uh, the defense still has a lot of problems. I've never been more happy for a bye week. Uh, because the Saints defense, the secondary is uh, has some problems. And I think half of Justin Herbert's yardage came on two plays uh, that were both busted coverages, one which could have cost them the game late in the fourth quarter. So um, 
Yeah, I'm, I, I, and we haven't even mentioned Michael Thomas. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Michael Thomas is roughing people up in practice and uh, apparently talking back to assistant coaches. Um, there was a hit piece in The Athletic about him this week. Um, so the Saints are in disarray, but it's funny because I've been here so many times before that I'm really unbothered by most of it. I mean, you get the win, two multiple I they were down 14 against the Lions 17 against the Chargers you come back and back-to-back weeks head into the bye get the reigning offensive player of the year back I'm not too concerned nope a win's a win that's all that matters I will give you this stat I saw for uh I saw it and I thought huh Corey might like that uh so far in coverage this year 19 targets for Marshawn Lattimore he's given up 15 catches for 254 yards, three touchdowns for a 158.3 quarterback rating against, which, as you know, Corey, is a perfect quarterback rating. So targeting Marshawn Lattimore has been a successful move for NFL teams so far this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's done anything this year, he has proven the point that the Saints nailed it and got it exactly right by paying Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas before him. And um, and then they're probably going to pay Ryan Ramchak the right tackle, who's very, very good, one of the best in the league, before Marshawn Lattimore, too, because, like you said, he's looked awful. And Janoris Jenkins has been hurt, and Patrick Robinson had that just completely baffling play that allowed the Chargers to go up late in that game where he just did, he just looked like he was caught looking in the backfield and just got torched by, I think it was Mike Williams. So uh, the Saints secondary has many questions to answer. I I just, most of it's mental. I mean, it's not that Marshawn Lattimore doesn't physically have uh, the skill set to play corner. Obviously he does. Just bad mental mistakes. And it's not just him. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins has looked really bad at times. Uh, Patrick Robinson, who I mentioned. PJ Williams has looked really bad at times. So, you know, the flags have been really tough. They, I think they still lead the, the league in penalty yardage for a defense. So a um, lot to clean up in the bye week. But like I said, I mean, still tons of talent. I'm not super, super concerned. You beat the Panthers coming out of the bye week. You're 4-2 and two with two division wins. You said a lot of words just to say the Saints are uh, in trouble. But either way, you talk about the Panthers. <laughs> you talk about the Panthers. Uh, they are a surprising 3-2 and two team. They've won three in a row. We buying that Teddy Bridgewater looks pretty good. There was a part of that Monday night football game. I was like, man, I bet the saints really regret not bringing Teddy Bridgewater back because he has kind of figured it out in Carolina. Joe Brady looking pretty good on offense. I think Matt rule is one of those guys. that's just a good coach. I think he is going to always have a good football team and the Panthers. I don't know if they're legit. I don't know. But I do feel like they are a team that can at least somewhat think about the seventh seed at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, like Joe Brady, he's the guy. I mean, he's he's done it everywhere he's been. He did not miss a beat. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looks great. I mean, getting those five starts last year, I think, just did phenomenal things for his confidence. And, um, you know, they haven't missed a beat even without Christian McCaffrey. And I think Robbie Anderson's probably the most underrated player in the league right now. He is awesome. And the Jets just let him go. I mean, that's just a whole different story. They, you know, just they're uh, speaking of losers from earlier. Uh, but yeah, the the Panthers, uh, they look really good. The offense hasn't skipped a beat, and the defense was supposed to be awful. I mean, they were in the running to be the worst team in the league preseason by everyone, national media, some of their own fans even were like, hey, maybe we can get Trevor Lawrence, you know, and trade Teddy or do whatever. Um, and they look really good. But I think this week is the prove me game. 
prove it to me game between the Bears and the Panthers because I am of the volition that both of them are fraudulent. I think the Bears more so even than the Panthers at this point. I think the Bears are total and utter frauds. So if you're the Panthers and you beat the 4-1 and Bears, you go to 4-2, and you're looking at playing the Saints next week for control of the division. Um, so I think that's a game that I've really got my eye on. That's probably my most fascinating game next week because there's one in the AFC as well that we can talk about. But I, I mean, the, the, that game right there, that is when you're going to decide who these two teams are because one of those teams, even though I think they're both frauds, sit very pretty after uh, Sunday if, you know, whoever wins. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely disagree with that. I don't think that game will tell us anything about whoever wins it. Because I do think we think both those teams are frauds, or at least like nice little teams that will have a decent record. But if the Panthers beat the Bears, that doesn't verify them as that doesn't you know validate them as a great team. If the Bears beat the Panthers, that doesn't validate them for me. I think uh, you know two weeks from now when the Panthers play the Saints, that'll be much more of a test. And the Bears, I don't know what their upcoming schedule is, but beating the Panthers isn't going to make me think all of a sudden that, well, guess the Bears are legit now. No, 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 no. The game in the AFC, I assume the one you're talking about, is the one I think is the prove-it-to-me game of the week, and that is the 4-1 Cleveland Browns against the undefeated 4-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the one. That's the one I was talking about, and I'm pumped about that one because you get to see the Steelers' awesome defensive line against the Browns' really good offensive line, um, the Browns run the ball at will. Even if they don't have Nick Chubb, they can run, run it down your throat at, at will. And um, I know there's a lot of chatter amongst uh, some of the pod listeners on Discord um, about the Pittsburgh Steelers p- perhaps being fraudulent. I don't think they are. And I think the Steelers win that game, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, this is a game, whoever wins this game, uh, you're going to find out they're for real. Because it's strength against strength. It's you know potential defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, going up against another potential defensive player of the year and TJ Watt. Uh, I'm pumped to see that. You know, you get to see the, apparently they drafted, the Steelers did, the new Megatron and Chase Claypool, who'd have thought. Um, so I, I'm excited to see the, the those two lines go up against each other. I, I think I'm going to lean Steelers on that one. The Browns look much improved. That went against the Colts. You know, that's uh, that was my favorite pick of the week last week. I thought the Browns should not have been underdogs. To the Colts, who you know haven't really proven anything to me through the first three or four weeks, so I was surprised by that line. And yeah, the Browns come out and did what they usually don't do, which is take care of business. I think Stefanski off to a great start there. And you talk about the way they run the ball, and as a Titans fan, trust me, whenever you can run the ball, the game becomes so much easier for your quarterback. There is nothing better than a play action pass, and Baker Mayfield has some pretty good receivers, some pretty good pass catchers, and him being able to work out of play action is just makes him so much better. And I'm not sold on the Steelers. I know you talk about their defensive line, but when you run through who they've actually beaten, you know, I'm not impressed that they almost blew a 17-point lead to the Eagles. You know what I mean? I'm not sold on them just yet. They're currently sitting at number five in my personal power rankings, although I do think plus three and a half, Give me the points and the Browns. I think they win this game or keep it within a field goal. Yeah, certainly going to be the best game of the week. I mean, at least on paper, because other than that, you've got a, a lot of duds. It's another it's another slightly boring week. I mean, you also have Bucks Packers, 
which could be really good. Why does it feel like every game, every weekend is kind of boring? Like, I feel like there's a lot of decent teams this year, so it shouldn't feel boring. Like you said, uh, Bucks, Packers, that should be really good. You know, the Packers coming off a of bye week and Tampa Bay coming off of a mini bye week. I think that game should be pretty good. I think the Monday night doubleheader is at least intriguing. You got the Chiefs and Bills. That game should be pretty good. And the Cardinals and Cowboys, that interests me, just looking to see what the Cowboys look like without Dak. You know, it's Wednesday, so it's been a while since Dak got hurt, but that was, you know, the big story of the weekend. But I do think Andy Dalton's kind of set up for success there. But will it matter with the defense that can't stop anybody? No, it will not. I disagree with you about this weekend. I think this weekend's okay. I think this weekend's okay uh, entertainment-wise. Yeah, I mean, and and you know there will be a game that's that's probably really good that we haven't even thought of. I'm sure like Broncos-Patriots will go into overtime or something just because uh, I said that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bucks-Packers is, is the one that I'm also focused on, obviously for NFC seeding purposes. But I also really, I mean, the Bucks at this point um, – you know, it was a pretty bad loss last Thursday um, to the Bears, who I think are just total, total frauds, and I can't wait for them to collapse. Um, and so I'm excited to see how they bounce back because right now I don't know if anybody's stopping the Packers um, at all in the NFC. I mean, they're just like a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers is not a guy that you really want to deal with, and uh, I'm not sure even the Seahawks at this point with the way their defense plays um, is going to stop the Packers. So I'd be interested to see if the Bucks can do it. But at this point, I don't think so. Yeah, I like the Packers this week, too. I'm surprised about that point spread. I think right now Tampa's actually favored by one. I would be surprised if Green Bay didn't win that game coming off a of bye week. It's another one of those situations where I know we expect the Tom Brady bounce back, but hey, Bill Belichick in on that sideline getting ready for this. I'll take the red-hot Packers to continue rolling. Absolutely. And then the Sunday night game, too, Supposed to be, I mean, on paper, this was a great game at the beginning of the year. Rams, Niners in California. The Niners, if you don't win this game, it's pretty much over. You're two and four and injury ravaged more than any team that doesn't have the plague, really, at this point. Do do they have to win this game to stay alive? I mean, is does their season hinge on this Sunday night game? Or is am I just completely overreacting for the podcast for content that we can mine for this uh for this particular recording. Well, no, but you're telling me about, you know, must-win games, prove-it games, all that stuff. Like, have you seen who the Rams have beaten? Do you notice a trend there? Yeah. Yeah. What's the trend? Because I think you're lying. I don't think you actually noticed the trend. What do, what do you think the trend is? Well, I mean, they haven't really played anybody good except for the Bills, and they lost. Their wins, I'll give you the wins, and you tell me if you notice the trend, Corey. They beat Dallas. They beat... Philadelphia, they beat the New York Giants and the Washington football team. They beat the NFC teams and not the AFC team? The NFC East, dumbass. They beat nothing but NFC East teams. That's it. The worst division in football. A division that every... Oh, I I see it now. Every team in the NFC East has a negative (laughs) point differential of at least 17. Yeah, it's really bad. And it's really bad. That is that those are the only wins the Rams have. So I need to see it from the Rams as well. A big division game. Yeah. The 49ers, I mean, if you are the 49ers, like you got embarrassed by the Miami Dolphins. And then you look at the 49ers. Fitz Magic. And then you look at the 49ers, you're like, wait a second, you've lost three times at home as a touchdown favorite. 
your two wins came in New Jersey against the by far the most repulsive teams in the league, the Jets and the Giants. Are you any good at all? Yeah. So if I'm the Rams, this has to be a statement game. Like if I'm the Rams, this two and a half point spread is offensive because the 49ers seem cooked to me. They don't seem good. If you're the Rams and you're supposed to be really, really good, you have Aaron Donald, who might be the best player in the entire league. You cannot lose to a quarterback who had like a seven QBR last week against the Dolphins. You can't. Like, you cannot lose that game. Like like you said, if you're the Rams. They, because they haven't beaten anybody good. The one good team they played, they lost. Because I don't. I think the Bills are really good, too, even despite what happened yeah. on Tuesday night. And you no-sewed for you know two quarters. You were down 28-3. to three. So, like, are you the team that came back and should have won that game? Or are you the team that wasn't prepared and got your ass kicked? Right, right. I mean, that, yeah, that that's an intriguing game for uh, in the NFC because, like you said, both teams haven't really shown it. And people are talking about the Rams like they are, uh, you know, the cream of the crop in the NFC again. But I'm with you. I I, I got to see it against somebody that's decent. And I mean, their their schedule is is not that difficult, really. I mean, after this game, you got Bears, Dolphins, and then Seahawks, Bucks. It seems kind of tough for me. That next four game stretch seems kind of tough, honestly. When yeah. the well, I guess I'm just used to playing in the NFC South, you know. When the easiest team is the Dolphins, like they're kind of spunky. I think they're top ten in offensive and defensive efficiency so far. I mean, Fitzpatrick looks good. You don't even have you you haven't even heard chance for Tua yet. So that'll be interesting. I'm with you. Well, I think it's because there's not many people in the stands of their games. That's probably why. A little that too, but they've also hard to get a chant going. He's also played pretty well, and they've been playing pretty good. So, you know, there's a couple of teams who are facing must-win games if they want to salvage their season. Like, I mean, I think that the the Vikings have the potential to take care of a Falcons team that's dead. R.I.P. Dan Quinn should have saved him. I thought he was great. I wish they would have kept him. I mean, I he you know he's a guy that he took your franchise to a Super Bowl. And um, if you're a Falcon, you know, you haven't seen a Super Bowl, uh, but one other time in your history, and that was in the late 90s. So um, I just don't think they were very good to him. You know, he had all the talent in the world. And sometimes you just uh, blow, you know, double digit leads. And um, he was getting better at it. You know, he started at 25 and whittled it down to about 15 or so. Um, So I just thought they didn't give him enough time. I, I thought he deserved another year, but... Um, I think Raheem Morris was the right call. Hopefully they make him the head coach because uh, if you've watched that Falcons team, the one thing you can say is, oh, yeah, uh, the defensive coordinator should get a promotion here. Uh, so hopefully hopefully it works out. If I'm them, I'm just uh, – I am strategically putting the defensive coordinator in charge so that we can lose enough games to get me Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, and you can't if you put the offensive coordinator in charge and he he reels off a few games, you don't want to hire that that guy. You need so. a number 1 or number 2 pick. You need Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and then you make Eric Bieniemy say no at having an you know a, a, a young, very talented quarterback. That's what you do. You lose every single game and you do so you do so overtly. Like Julio Jones, sorry bro. Sorry to all your fantasy owners. You're not playing another snap this year. Yeah, and I don't even know if they would have to lose them 
you know, in that way. Like they could just play and probably lose because I mean that team stinks. They're awful, and all uh, all of their money is tied up in the current bedrocks of this team that hasn't won a game yet. They, you know, Matt Ryan on the books for the next two years at least. Julio Jones locked up. That left tackle locked up. Deion Jones locked up, and they're awful. So what do you even do? Because you can't, like, you can't eat all that dead money and get rid of Matt. No, Ryan. you one hundred percent eat the dead money. No, 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 you one hundred percent eat the dead money. You do not keep. I mean, Matt you Ryan. can. No, 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 you eat the dead money and you deal with it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, that's about all you can do because. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. If the to New do. England Patriots will eat the dead money from Tom Brady, like, I mean, like the Saints are going to have to eat money on Drew Brees after his contract's up, right? The way they keep deferring money forever. So, I mean, like... Yes, but that's the thing. The Saints are one of the only teams, I think the only team that understands the salary cap doesn't matter. It's literally fictional. You can just keep pushing things back until the sun explodes into the earth. But the Falcons haven't figured that out yet, and they might still, uh, you know, run their franchise in that way. Mickey Loomis figured it out very quickly. You just keep punting. Just keep go- doing it forever. It doesn't matter. It's I'm fake. I'm botting the bullet. Matt Ryan's out of there, and I am making sure that we get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. That's my move on the Falcons. That's the only way you're getting enemy too. Because that offense is very intriguing, but um, if I'm Eric Bieniemy and I have the chance to go draft a young stud, especially with the way the Texans draft picks, well, they don't have a first rounder. Uh, but if you get a high second round pick, you know I'm I want to go like you said. They don't have a second rounder either. Oh, that's right. Jesus, Bill O'Brien. Jesus, Bill O'Brien, ladies and gentlemen. It's so bad. But I, yeah, I, w- I want to coach Deshaun Watson if I'm Eric Bieniemy over Matt Ryan, obviously. But if you get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Or even the North Dakota State quarterback, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'd probably draw the line there, Trey Lance. I, I'd draw the line there. I don't think I am uh, would be that excited about him. But either way, uh, RIP to Dan Quinn. But like I was saying, the Vikings, a chance to kind of get back in this. They've been playing better football, the Vikings. You know, they probably should have won that Seahawks game. How'd you feel about the move to go for it on fourth down, Mike Zimmer? Because I, I liked it. I thought they should have been able to, to convert. And then you don't give the ball back to Russell Wilson. You win the game. It didn't work. They lose. They're one and four, but they have a chance to beat a a dead Falcons team. And then you hope that you can get to the bye week, come back and take your best shot at the Packers. Then you're back in the race if you're able to do that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I love the move. I'm 100% with you. It met all the requirements. So the stat nerds should love it because the percentages were almost the exact same between kicking a field goal, going for it. And if you go for it, you effectively in the game. So, um, you know, and, and it's the right call. It's the aggressive call. You don't, even if you kick the field goal, you give Russ Wilson the ball back down eight with even one second left. It's too much time. So you just, you want to end the, especially when you're, when you've lost a bunch, like, yeah, you know, I, maybe, yeah. Okay. Maybe kick the field goal if you're four and one, but even then I wouldn't, I'm just saying devil's advocate. Now I love the move. Um, tough break for the Vikings, but you win this game, yeah, and you're right back in the mix, and they've had a tough schedule. I mean, they've, they've had to play to start the year the Packers, the Colts, the Titans, the Texans, and Seahawks. That's that's a rough schedule, and it, it, it thins out a little bit toward the, the middle and end, so they're certainly not uh, completely dead, but you cannot, you have to beat the DOA Falcons. Yeah, they beat all the teams they were supposed to beat so far, which was just the one the Vikings, but uh, tough scheduling. But uh, yeah, week six, I'm pumped for it. Week five, like I said, Dak Prescott going down, the biggest news. Dan Quinn getting fired. 
Le'Veon Bell getting released. Anything about Le'Veon Bell? Does he uh, move the needle for you at all? No, not really, because, um, you know, despite the name, he hasn't really done anything in the past two years. Now, he has been with the Jets, and nobody on the Jets has done anything in the past 200 years. But, um, I mean, yeah, there's a, I mean, the only way I would really be intrigued is if he landed in Kansas City somehow. Um, I would be really interested to see how Andy Reid uses him, but I think he's probably going to go somewhere like Chicago, um, who really needs him after, you know, Tariq Cohen goes down. Um, I think he'd be a nice fit there, even though they're frauds. But that the only yeah the only way I think I would probably uh, raise my eyebrows is if he ended up somehow in in the Chiefs' offense. Go back to Pittsburgh. It would be awesome. It would be a great story. It really would. Look, now's the time. If if Dwight Howard can go back to the Lakers and win a championship and win, you can bury the hatchet and let Le'Veon go back to Pittsburgh. That would be awesome. That really would be. I don't I don't see it happening. I don't think it'll happen, but it would be fantastic if they did that. Uh, yeah, I think I think probably the Bears makes the most sense for him. But I'm on the Pittsburgh train too, so don't don't say that I'm not against uh, I'm against that because I think that would be hilarious. Then reach out to Antonio Brown. You might as well. No, they don't need receivers. He can be your no, sixth receiver. No, they don't need. They yeah. don't. They don't need receivers. They, <laughs> I know. I they know. actually do need a running back. No, they do. They do. He and I mean, like you said, it would make sense. It would be a nice redemption story. But I don't see it happening. And honestly, I mean, how much does he have left in the tank? He averages like he's averaging like three and a half yards a carry. Yeah, but in the past look, year and a half, we've seen people get away from Adam Gase and be good. Like, look at what Ryan Tannehill's done. It's true. Look at what Robbie Anderson's done. Like, you get away from Adam Gase, you thrive. Kenyon Drake did it. It's true. It's true. You got to run, run away from him as quickly as possible. Devontae Parker did it. Like, get, just get away from Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell. He's got. He's still got something left in the tank. I, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure, no. I th- I think, uh, like I said, if he if he lands in the right spot, he can certainly be a, a weapon for a team that needs him. Speaking of which, the Dolphins, uh, great chance to get back to five hundred before their bye week. Dolphins don't look bad. They man. got the Jets. They're nine and a half point favorites for the Jets. The Dolphins might be back in the playoff run after this game. Ooh, man! And that's I mean, you can't ask for more. Florida's had a great sports run this year. The Marlins. My God. Now the Dolphins, baby, they're back. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, sorry, I don't keep up with hockey. I guess the uh, the last thing I would ask is just what do you think happens now with the Cowboys and Dakota? Well, I still think they have the best wide receiving core probably in the NFL, top to bottom. And Andy Dalton wins you some games. They can still make the playoffs, but Dak gambled – on himself and the gamble looked to pay off i mean he was playing the best football of his life and then he just rolled a snake eyes uh and it really sucks for him i don't know what you can really say other than that like he seems to be pretty well liked and it was like an awful situation that happened and now he's you know joining a qb market that should be pretty interesting next year because you would think Jameis is going to be on the block dak is going to be on the block and possibly cam newton uh, so, uh, you know, it's just going to depend on how quickly he can make the turnaround. Cause I mean, hell, Alex Smith played Sunday for God's sake. So it's not like his career's over by any measure. Uh, I just don't think the Cowboys are going to pay him. See, I think the Cowboys are going to franchise tag him. That'd be, that's the smartest move. I think they franchise tag him. They pay him one year to be like, you know, 38, $40 million, somewhere around there. Prove it to me. He gets another big chunk of change. If I'm Dak, that's what I want to do, too. I don't want to try to get a discounted price. But, like, 
you know, the Cowboys might just pay him and offer him a long-term deal, although I don't think that's what's going to happen. Like I said, if I'm them, I am doing a franchise tag. We run it back one more year. You show me that you have gotten healthy, that you can play again, and then we go from there. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's a win-win for everybody involved. Oh, yeah, and I mean, if Jerry Jones gave Dak a long-term contract of any sort after this, before he's played a game, it would be the nicest thing Jerry Jones has ever done in his entire life. So I don't think there's any way he gets signed to a long deal after this, or even a discounted deal. I think there are a lot of women who would disagree about that. There there are a lot of young blondes that Jerry has put through college or helped uh, get a (laughs) a business venture off the ground. So I, I think I disagree with that. However, I would say that... Keep in mind, he also gave Jalen Smith all that money because he loved him so much. And Jalen Smith, uh, his knees are gone, and he is no longer a good linebacker. That's true. Jerry takes care of, That's Jerry true. Takes care of his boys and his girls, so don't worry. Uh, Dak will still be a Cowboy, I think. I think that's uh, not going to be a question. The question is whether or not Andy Dalton can. You talk about quarterbacks on the market. Andy Dalton, this is, this is the best receiving core he's ever had. Best running back he's ever had. By far. By far. It's the best situation he's ever been in. And... The pressure is virtually gone. And like he is, let, yeah, let's let's marinate in that for a second. This is the best situation Andy Dalton's ever been in. He's the number 2 guy. So there's not that much pressure on him. If they suck, if he goes out and throw three picks, it's like, "Well, it's Andy Dalton. He, he's, you know, he's our backup quarterback. He's got the best talent around him that he's ever had in his entire life." And um he's in a division that is abjectly awful that they could win just on in offensive skill alone, because the Washington football team is garbage, and the other two, not much better. So it's a great situation for Andy Dalton. He can go out and get paid uh, if he has even a decent year, and it won't be totally because of him. Because look, we talked about the skill players around him, but he is feeling good right now. I would think, and he's not living in Cincinnati anymore, which is nice. Hopefully, Dak doesn't get Mariota. That would be interesting. No, just kidding. Mariota sucked. Dak's That's good. Not, Dak's no, good. Yeah, yeah, Dak's way better than Andy. Yeah, there's, there's no he, chance he Andy Dalton no with that job. Absolutely zero chance, unless unless he hits a couple passes. All right, <laughs> All right Gunk, uh, let's hear your – how'd you do on your gambling pick last week? Uh, did I make one? I guess that's how you did on your gambling pick. You got one for this weekend? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, you mentioned it earlier. Vikings minus four. I, I mean, I, f- I feel like that's uh, that one's. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it now, and I'm just doing this because I know you hate it so much. That's a that's a lock. Put like literally put as much money as you possibly can on it. If you get a second stimulus check, put it on that game. What was it again? I promise you, it will not fail you. Minnesota minus four. Okay, you're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I know you mentioned earlier you like the Browns plus three and I a like half. the Browns. I like the Titans. I like the Packers this weekend. Uh, yep, and I'm due for a bad yeah, week, pa- so, you know, tread lightly, but I'm also hot. So those are the teams I like right now. Yeah, and I think I'm going to take – I also think I'm going to take the Bears money line as well. So that those are my – I would say Stone Cold Locks, but everyone says that, so I'm going to say those are my picks. Talk to you next week, Gunk. Peace. See ya.